0: Where this guy named Dallas picked a comic book. He's joined by three mediocre friends. Yeah. First, Lexi Taylor, his sister, that joined up and then they became friends in that order. It's true. Anne, who Dallas thought was very cool and invited on the podcast. And then she decided they could be friends in that order. Yep. Also, the fourth member of the podcast, who's not officially a member of the podcast yet, but is definitely on the podcast a lot, flirting real hard with just being on the podcast, Evan Von Doom. This summer, welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective.
1: That's a favorite. That's the TV music he chose. All that deep stuff just goes...
2: Listen, we're trying to hit multiple demographics here, okay? Wait, we what want... demographic is that? All right, so first, you've got the dads. Because okay. if dad doesn't want to go to the movie, no one's going. Second, the Dude. children. And that's the whole family because those two people make all the decisions and mom just kind of gets drugged along and she doesn't really get a say in a lot of things. Much like
3: to storm. storm. <laughs>
4: um...
3: Oh so. my gosh, I made the funniest Sue Storm joke to my boyfriend this week and he didn't get it and I just had to sit with myself and my thoughts. Oh, did you feel
2: mind. like an invisible woman?
3: I did no, okay, I have to tell you that. Oh, he goes, he goes, Did you see the theory that their fantastic four movie that they're gonna do? They're gonna time travel back into the fifties. I was like, Wow, they really are gonna take away all of Sue's rights and he goes, Okay. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. <laughs> he was like, Uh, okay. I don't he's have said, that no. trauma, but good for you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about it that way, but yeah. <laughs> like, wow, they
3: really they really are about to bamboozle this woman.
0: Ufa,
2: <laughs> ufa! I was having a blast today over on Cerebro. They talked about the Fantastic Four a decent amount on the Forge episode. And they talked about Sue Storm's nineties era, where she was like, I made myself a new gigantic boobies costume, Reed. And if you're not careful, I'm going to divorce you. And Reed kept being like, No. And she's like, I'm a sing <laughs> a single mom who works too hard. He's like, You're not single yet. She said, That and man will never
4: stop.
3: <laughs> um, I did enjoy so, her bitch shopping Namor this week, though. Yeah, I felt felt that in my bones. I said, good for you, too. You wanted to do that for a while.
2: Well, I think I should probably (laughs) let the people know what we're doing this week. So welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective. This is the show where we talk about comics, our favorite comics. And this week, we're coming back for our second episode of coverage in our year long Jonathan Hickman series with our good friend Evan. We are talking about Fantastic Four issues 579 to 588 and FF1 through 5. So that is Complete Collection of Fantastic Four by Jonathan Hickman, Volume 2. If you have not read that yet, I would recommend pausing this, reading that, and coming back. Because we will be having a full spoilers discussion. Of this second chunk of Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four.
1: Re Richard dies. <laughs> they, it's oh, super gruesome. Darn. Yeah. So it's perfect. really gruesome.
5: Yeah, Scarlet Witch is there and just like, he just turns into string cheese. Wait, I just watched <laughs> <Yeah>. the movie. <laughs> 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 will, will, I, will I understand this book if I just watch the movie? Yeah, I think so. I think so yeah. Okay, good, good. Oh, man, that guy from The Office.
2: <laughs> oh, damn. I like the part where he... His name the was camera Pam. Pam. I never watched The
3: Office.
5: <laughs> you get shredded into string cheese and you just look at the camera like, can you believe this, girl? <laughs>
2: this is so crazy and quirky also at the same time. All right. So, I think it's going to be a weird one. I'm not going to lie. Okay. So, like, let's just lean into it. I do... Want to know before all that, though, what people's initial thoughts were for this chunk of the Fantastic Four. I want Alexis to go first and then Evan and then Anne and then me.
3: You know, I go back and forth every single week where I'm like, you know, I'm in a really fun spot where I don't know anything about anything. And then this happens and I have to watch Johnny Storm get absolutely obliterated to help save all the little kitties. And Ben Grimm just crying in front of the door like no not my little asshole friend i kind of like him That was rough man also i have never wanted to punch a small little blonde girl so hard in my entire life I understand why but she's kind of a punk I get You don't it, like I don't.
1: Valerie? Not right now. What? Oh. Val did, s- did nothing wrong. Hashtag about Nothing wrong. We're Clean five minutes shirt.
5: in, and we got Val slander going on. Okay,
4: That's
3: crazy. purely okay. in this teeny tiny chunk, I I understand where she's coming from. Adult Val was cool. She kind of slaps. Love her tights, but <laughs> tiny Val is annoying. I don't think someone so small should have no concept of the fact that they're small. Someone needs to put like- her
5: in her place.
3: <laughs> She oh talks God, a lot like Mr. Richards!
1: Do you hear Dallas? Five. How how they talk about women? I would never. I they would never.
2: He is an infant.
1: No, this is crazy. I
2: mean, I'm not a huge fan of all this talk about putting women in their place. That's what I'm saying. Says, wow. <laughs> but, I think but, Dallas should be allowed to explore whatever ideas she wants to. Actually,
3: Lexi, yeah, if like, you world domination. Uh, sure.
5: But apparently, some women. Am I right, Evan? Mm -hmm. Lexi Lexi, it's okay if you keep up this pace You'll get to write the Fantastic Four someday
3: (laughs) Maybe that's my plan You never know (laughs) Playing the
5: long game the long con
3: (laughs) I don't know I do like those little alien kids though They're kind of funny
5: All the little moloids I I love them them. (laughs) I like that they call him the Ben
3: Yeah the Ben I don't (laughs) like when the Ben gets hit
5: That's the best The absolute best (laughs) And how okay? First, you're gonna slander women, and then your dog's gonna act up. Hi. She said
1: bark, you bark. What that bark, dog wolf, wolf. say? Yeah, that's some sexist shit from your dog. Oh my god! I got well, some words for that dog, actually. You oh, wow! Did you want to Wait, say we, that, Dallas? Just repeat
2: that.
5: Jesus Christ! This is I mean, a swaggle podcast. We're gonna lose just... everything.
1: I'm sorry. Is that just their word? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, oh, it Just because no. you heard a few dogs say it every once in a while. You think you can say it now? You think you're down I with have it? a lot of dog friends. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: Listen, I just want to see the launch of that dog Christmas song.
2: I'm sorry. I really like dog rap. <laughs> I was singing it, not saying it. Anne, Okay. No. Yeah, Anne This is your Anne, fault. You're My making bo-
5: it weird, Anne You're making it weird. Okay. Okay, fair. Fair enough. Where were we? Oh, yeah, Lexi being sexist. Lexi, what
1: else did you you think Are you done being sexist now?
3: I don't know. I got a lot of different voices going in through this room right now. Okay. I might have to put a pause on my opinion.
1: (laughs) So maybe. All right, I'll tag in. I'll I'll continue the sexism. Believe it or not, she's alone in that room. Those voices (laughs) in (laughs) her head. (laughs) And those voices were Kamala Harris. Um, so <laughs> Look at it! <laughs> those voices were the little girl on the bus, Evan. They were the girl on the bus. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying Alex
2: is wrong. I'm saying that she might be a little crazy. A little
3: I I mean, I would be the first to say I'm a little bit crazy. I did truck around Denver in six-degree weather yesterday for a full three hours and then wondered why I got sick. So here I am. Yeah. Insanity. I didn't
2: expect the gaslighting to work that quickly, but I like that she. <laughs> It's already crazy. She's crazy. That's nice.
3: I'm used to it. I've lived with you my whole life. Literally.
2: <laughs> Gaslight gatekeep girl boss from the age of six years old on. Hell yeah. That's what we're doing. Right. Be... Anyway, Evan, what do you think of this era
1: of the Fantastic Four, this little chunk? This chunk is real comics. Hashtag Put it. Put on a t-shirt. This is what I'm talking about. Real comics are back, baby. And they happened in 2008 or whenever this book came out. Because this is... Peak storytelling. That issue after Giant Storm's death is the best single issue of comics Marvel put out, maybe ever. That's hard to beat. No words were needed. All emotions. It was deep. I was damn near crying at the end. I almost cried when Johnny died. I almost cried again when Ben cried. Seeing Ben cry is like watching your dad or uncle cry. It's not supposed to happen. You're not supposed to see that. So when you do see it, you're like, damn, something really is going on here. And I'm also going to have to cry right now. So it was very real. This chunk of comics was very fun. The formation of the Future Foundation was awesome. I love the um, Johnny helping Ben, you know, integrate into or assimilate into you know society again once he was human for a week. Um, sending him back up with Alicia, helping them fix a the relationship. I love all the stuff where Sue actually gets to do a little bit more things. Namor's an asshole. I always love that. Um, a lot of politics were being, thrown. a lot of big ideas were being thrown around. Uh, some of them went over my head, but I got to it at some point. I was definitely confused for a minute when the other Reed Richards came back and the comic didn't say that. You just had to pick up that he was dressed differently. So that confused me for a hot minute. So I definitely fell for Sue when she was like, Reed, read, what are you doing here? Because at first second I was like, I don't know either, Sue. Something's going on. It's crazy. So comics are good. These are real comics. but I don't think besides like the death of Ultimate Spider-Man, I don't think there's a single death in comics that hit as hard as this one. Besides maybe Mighty Thor. Because that was also really good. But she didn't die. so. Or did she? I like it. What do you think? I know you're a huge Doom fan. Yes. What do you think of Doom in this chunk? Hell yeah. I love Doom. I'll leave that for later, I think. But it's okay. Doom is awesome. He's sick. His comeback's amazing. Uh, it's, really, it's really fun. Um... The moment where, because uh, if you guys don't know, if you haven't read the comic for whatever reason, uh, obviously the people on the podcast know. But for the listener, if you don't know, at this point in time, uh, Ben, or sorry, not Ben, Doom lost a part of his brain. So he's not at full uh, thinking capacity. (laughs) So it takes him a little bit longer to figure some things out that everyone else figures out. So there's a moment in the comic where um, Val figures out who they need to what they need to do next to restore Doom's memory because they have to work with Doom. And Reed figures it out because Val kind of like hints at it. And then they're kind of just waiting for Doom to get it. And there's two pages of Val just going like, <clears throat> um, so what do we have to do in that case? And Doom is going, mm, yes, yeah, yes, hmm. And her going, me. you know what we have to do, right? And him going, aha, I got it. <laughs>
3: I love that he they let him figure it out for his bride. They're like, give him a minute.
1: Yeah,
5: give him a minute. <laughs> I'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like trying to trying to tell Doom which hole does this one go in? That's right, it goes in the square hole. Thank yeah. you. You figured it out. It's oh my gosh. If Susan
1: has three apples. <laughs> I do want, mm-hmm. <laughs> If Susan has three apples, mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. six.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> if Susie-
5: <laughs> three bingo uh, yeah, the-
1: three <laughs> like, he's like ah, yes got it. doom is superior I no help whatsoever <laughs> so it's really good hickman has a is one of my favorite voices if not the best voice for doom i think the only person that rivals him in the dr doom voice is like al ewing um and we haven't we just haven't seen al ewing like play in with him yet for long enough and we got to see Hickman do a whole Doom arc. So Hickman, I think, is like right now still the undisputed champ when it comes to writing Doctor Doom. And I think going forward, it's just gonna get more and more fun because he's finally back at full capacity and she's gonna get wild. So that's it. Heck Those are my yeah. thoughts. Heck yeah.
2: All right, Ann, how about you? What do you think about this chunk?
5: So reading through the first part of this again I was I was going through it I'm like okay I remember the council reads arc but then everything else is happening I'm like okay there's there's things happening but nothing's really clicking into place this is this is definitely the comic of all time so far and I'm just going and going and then we hit this part and the future foundation starts and we get everything with doom the council comes back you start to see where this runs going and for me, this is where it just kicks in. This is where it locks in the gear. This is where everything comes together. This is where you start to realize there's something special about this run. Um, And I think the moment we get Johnny's death death and it switches over into the future foundation. I think that's peak comics for me. It was the moment where I'm like, this is really, really interesting. And I don't want to put the book down. And going through it the second time, it just gets even better, because even though I know where it's going, I like having that sense of direction and knowing what to look for. And there's little itty bits and pieces of things that will fall into place later that get set up now. And I'm just like, it's it's insane. It's so much fun. And I'm also getting to the point where I'm getting better at balancing all the different arcs that are happening at once. It's like you read Invincible and so many things are going on at once. You're like, I have no idea who any of you are, but I know you're doing things. And then eventually, you're like, I know exactly where everyone is. I know what every single one of you motherfuckers is doing. I'm starting to get to that point with all the side plots in the story. And it takes a while. And, you know, the part we have here ends with... um, Uh, the Inhumans coming back and Black Bolt. And I haven't gotten to talk about the Inhumans yet on the show. And I'm very excited to talk about them because they are a bunch of freaks. And it's going to be a lot of fun. There's so much that happens here. I I was honestly, and thinking back about this run, I didn't remember a lot about Sue the first time I read through it. But reading through it this time, there's a lot, a lot that I love here with Sue. And I'm not sure how it's going to play out. But so far, I've been really happy with it. So I'm, I'm having a blast. Absolute blast.
2: I love that. All right. Um, if the court could please recognize Dallas Taylor attorney at law to represent Susan Storm in the divorce of Sue Storm and Reed Richards. Hello.
1: I would like Uh, to come forward as Sue's divorce attorney
2: objection
1: oh, what is this is coming from this was not on the palette before your honor i'm here <laughs> to say uh, my, to my name listen. is Ed in a major way we should we shouldn't hear this out at all this is here see C- me out. hear me
2: out so if i read one more story where reed richards goes reed knows best da, 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 da. and susan's like my husband he'll do better this time and then reed goes
1: <laughs> honey i didn't do better this time You're not
2: gonna <laughs> believe it. the world it's imploding that thing that you called out and said i shouldn't do i did it because i'm the smartest boy in the whole wide world And now the world's falling apart and sue goes
0: reed <laughs> and he goes
2: While well, namor's in the corner like <laughs> just like humping the air in his speedo like, this poor right. woman has two choices that are both the worst. She has <laughs> Doofus Magoo over there just like, I know you won't, me She's like, I really don't. And he's like, Moto Moto in the house. And she's like, please, please put on a blouse. And then Reed's over there like, I've solved everything except my marital discord. I can't solve that. Can't figure out why she's so grumpy, me. I've solved everything. (laughs) And everything means mostly just hanging out by myself with other me's. I'm so bad at making friends. I had to go meet myself again in other universes (laughs) because no one likes me. And Sue's like, I like you. And he's like, no one likes me. They all hated me. I just listen. When she saw that other Reed and was evil, and she had to, like, take a beat to see if it was him or not, I was like, Sue, if you have to take a beat to figure out if evil Reed is real Reed or not, your Reed might be evil, too. I'm just going to throw it out there. Just going to float it, Sue. You, the Queen of Atlantis, you are Mm -hmm. everything. And this man... He's got stretchy, growy powers, and I know that's probably fun in the bedroom, but, like, go somewhere else. You okay. live in a world of superheroes. Spread your wings. Soar, Sue. Soar away from this book. And then, like, Johnny and Ben are over there, like, the best of friends. <laughs> and they're just, like, having, like, a little buddy cop movie where they're playing, like, patty cake, patty cake, baker's man. And then Annihilus comes along, like, wah! And kills Johnny. And I was like,
0: how can you make me feel these things for Johnny Storm? I don't really care about him. And I'm feeling all these things.
2: Well then Ben cried. And I was like, damn, Ben's crying. And then still over with Reed, he's just like, <laughs> you think you've seen bad husband before? You haven't seen anything yet. And I'm just torn. I'm torn. Why is he this. doing
1: that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Breathing. Your honor.
1: Doctor to their home
3: that's what he was doing he said
2: honey honey i know you've got this whole fish lady thing you got to go do go ahead i'm gonna invite every major villain we have into our house with our kids
3: (laughs) with his evil (laughs) little gremlin henchman his child he said listen
2: so our little evil daughter told big evil me to invite all of her evil uncles Every queer-coded character in the Marvel Universe, they got to be here. Also, her Diablo Diablo's there. You already know
3: that I didn't know it Diablo's existed.
2: There, Diablo's there, just like moose knuckling it up with his giant pointy hat. Like, how do we kill Reed Richards? And Reed's like, I wish I
5: knew. Am I right? <laughs> and I was like, I wish I knew too. Frankly, it's like an episode of The Adam Family where everyone's just trying to kill each other, and they're like, Oh, you, you, oh, goof. you, you, silly. You. And then I
2: like that Reed's dad, who hated Reed so much that he had to run through time for a couple thousand years, finally <laughs> comes, back like, this man? He comes back like, hey, son, I'm finally back from getting those cigarettes at the corner store, and I'm mostly <laughs> here to tell you your ideas are bad. And Reed's like, oh, dad, you scared. He's scam.
3: like, I love you. I'm so happy you're home.
2: Listen, Reed's sitting there, and Sue will be like, Reed, I think this is a bad idea. And he's like, she just doesn't understand me. And the masculine need to do it anyway. And then Reed's dad will be like, son, don't do that, dumbass. And he's like,
5: thanks, dad. I won't. (laughs) Tiki.
2: And he runs. All right. Your Honor. Mm
1: -hmm. I have to come. I got to come to defense with Reed. I got to come to Reed's defense. This is all first and foremost. Let's just start. Let's start off by saying this. I don't think Sue Storm has to choose between two men at all. I think that's sexist. I think Dallas being sexist. I think everything he just said should be thrown out the window because of that. So that's my first order of business. All right. Who said she was choosing another man? You did. You go said at- he, well, You said nope. You said she had two choices: Namor or Reed. And I say she's an actor. I have to,
3: feel like she was having one. some pretty tense um, tension with that one blue woman from from the yeah. water. Who world.
5: says she has to be with a man? Thank you, Lexi. Thank you. That's what
3: I'm saying. Hold on. Know.
1: <laughs> that's what I am saying. Is that she can be with anyone she wants. She can be with no one. She's her own woman. And it's her uh, body and her children, she, she, she I'm guys. gonna point that the
2: prosecution is falling apart here.
1: <laughs> I've never know what that word
5: means.
3: what you loud. said. His mic is quitting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
5: sorry I need to equip myself from this jury for talking about Namor. I had a um fish taco today, so um I feel like I'm biased. I can't I feel do like this. Sue Storms
2: had a few fish oh, doctors, gosh. if we know. What we're about. Oh, okay,
5: <laughs> shut up. You know, fish women. Fish women. Okay, better than the fish men. Okay, how about the scene? Okay, I, I have to talk about it while it's still on the top of my head. The scene where Sue's, you know, busy doing her queen shit, and Namor's being a bitch, and she puts him down for being a bitch, and says, "I'm I rule here now. You shut the fuck up and do what I say." And Namor stares at it for a second, and then he's like. Listen, I'm submissive and breedable. (laughs) Stu's just like, I fucking hate you. I hate everything about... It's the perfect moment. What'd you say, Lexi?
3: He says, boink me.
5: He says, boink me. He says, I'll get the strap. He says, I'll be right back. It's right outside. This man is the biggest simp in the universe for one specific woman. And I hate him, but I love that. If that makes
2: sense. I really liked the dialogue there, if I could just read it. Yeah. Um so you've got Sue is there right and she slaps. Well no, no this is before the slaps So she's talking to Namor and Namor's like Oh, uh how do you feel about fish sticks? And she says, "Oh, I love fish sticks." And he said, "You love fish sticks?" And she said, "Wait, what?" And he said he said "Fish sticks." And she said, "No fish sticks." And he said, "Fish sticks." And then she hit him really hard. Yeah. And then he fell to the ground.
1: That's what happened for
5: hickman is a master of dialogue unparallel- i mean i think this is actually. what was
2: lost in the krakoa era there wasn't a lot of like fish stick fish dick wordplay like i think that's sort of the jenny saquon that was lost going from fantastic four to x-men
5: you so, so what you're saying is this is a sexless era of x-men
2: uh, yeah, I mean, you don't want they're, not on on the, they're not called the sex men anymore, if you know what I mean. <laughs>
1: There's a lot of applied sex, anyway. Um, <laughs> um, back to Reed. Reed mm-hmm. did nothing wrong. I rest my case. <laughs> Listen, I mean, I don't know. Who among us hasn't kept a secret from our significant other and then regretted it immediately. <laughs> immediately regretted it.
3: Like, okay, mm-hmm.
5: so how immediate how is, like, 15 so issues? It was immediate. How immediate <laughs> is like, ah, On a large scale of things, you know, when you can be, like, a dad who's gone for thousands of years, immediate could be 15 issues. That's, it's just a matter of perspective. That's true. You know? Um, like, I'm sure Reed told Galactus immediately, hey, I have a dead copy of you in my basement. Because, you know, <laughs> Galactus lives forever. So that was probably, like, yesterday's news. It's not a big deal. I'm just going to throw it out there and say, every time everyone tries to be like, Reed Richards,
2: good dad, great husband, I see the same six pages. And I've read hundreds of Fantastic Four issues, and I have hundreds of examples of him being a bad husband and father. Yes, (laughs) but that's
1: because, no, I'm not going to be mean about early Fantastic (laughs) Four comics, but I think everyone knows what I want to say. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's just that Reed evolved over time. And became something better and a lot of people don't understand how to write reed so you have a lot of examples of reed being written poorly and you have only a few where he's written well and so so far they're mostly under a little bit underweight and mostly under hickman all right listen those 20 really
0: nailed the character those (laughs) other 800 they were way off (laughs) hey listen it's up to your perspective it's up
5: to your take on the character what what hits you is what matters but listen when you were talking like sue had to take a moment to know if this was her read or not when it's the evil one she should have gone up to him and said listen not liking your vibes i need you to answer a quick moral question for me is it okay to clone your friend and have him accidentally murder a coworker? is that morally acceptable and if he takes more than two seconds to answer that's not your read because your read
1: would say yes in a heartbeat He regretted that. And that was also out of character, once again, as I was saying. (laughs) You guys trust Mark Millar? You're taking Mark Millar over my word? Come on now.
2: Every single wrong thing that's ever come out of my mouth was out of character and written by Mark Millar.
5: (laughs) No character's ever been written out of character in a Civil War, ever. I'm going to you. It's
1: never happened. Hmm? I'm sick and tired of this attitude, Dallas. Can we have all new,
5: all different, Dallas?
4: Yeah, Please
1: We're at 1610 Dallas. Dallas right now. Ultimate Dallas is here. Not a fan of it. We gotta go back to 616 Dallas. Yeah. Dallas needs right. to be a title that's passed on. We need yeah. a younger, more diverse Dallas.
2: So you found it out. I'm a different Dallas from the Council of Dallases. I'm evil Dallas. That came I hate soda.
4: <laughs>
0: I only like alcohols. <laughs>
2: Grant Morrison oh, no. is very
0: dumb. No! Believe it or Tom not, King, more like...
3: <laughs>
2: Believe it or not, Evil Dallas, exact same opinions as Alexis. Who would have thought? You know
3: what? <laughs> Evil Dallas is the Dallas of our childhood. That's all I'm going to say. We weren't <laughs> friends until this podcast.
2: Damn. <laughs> Sometimes Alexis just comes in here to shoot and strays for the whole world to hear. <laughs> She'll come and be like, "Tell us, real piece of garbage." Anyway, he's mysterious from our. No, house. you know I'm who like, we
3: should get on here. just garbage. Our little brother. He's what got a lot see? of ammunition.
2: We were on the phone for like an hour the other day. He's coming in, defense attorney.
3: No, all I have to say is bamboo sticks, and that's all I'll say.
2: Ooh, big word, big <laughs> Damn. word. Big word. Anyway, so Reed Richards and Sue Storm.
1: Sometimes marriages have, you know, issues. They have to talk it out. We're all constantly growing. And the way that the machine works of comics, the toy box machine of comics, is that once uh, someone's done with the run, the toys basically always go back into, you know, the toy box. And so really, it's not Reed's fault that he's not allowed to grow. It's really um, Stan Lee's fault. And we should all be mad at Stanley. We
3: should all dance on his grave.
1: Oh, I didn't say that, but we should dance on that.
3: <laughs> all right, all right. Since
2: I'm six one six Dallas again, I am not evil oh, okay. sixteen ten Dallas. My question is: a lot of people talk about wanting superhero characters to become married, and then they're still being. Uh, relationship drama, but within the bounds of marriage, right? I'm thinking specifically about Peter Parker, or Mary Jane. People say you can have relationship drama in this romance comic, even if they're married. Mm-hmm. Do you think Sue Storm and Reed Richards are a good example of keeping romantic drama in a comic with a couple being married?
1: No, but it's not Reed's fault it's it's not sue's fault it's the writers who refuse to use sue in any type of form outside of just motherly duties and so i think i think again i think hickman's doing a great job of like actually giving her something to do and giving her pushback and i think he does a great job of showing their like this is a great example like yeah so yes it does it can work and it does work in this run but i think there's a lot more times where it doesn't work and it's because specifically writers just for some reason have issues just writing sue I, it's it's the
5: easy button. It's the Staples easy button where they're like, you know what? I need something for Sue. Um, her husband's neglecting her. Okay, maybe she's going to thirst after this fish man for a little bit. Maybe he's going to show up on her doorstep. And she's gonna be like, oh, I'm married. Grant Morrison did that. That was fun. That was an issue. Um, it's just, I feel like it's possible. It just oftentimes in this relationship specifically, it just feels like it's dumb because they can't think of anything better to do with Sue, then mm. will she or will she not, you know, sleep around in this issue?
1: Yeah, I would definitely say moving forward, it'd be very nice to see Sue, like the, the relationship, if there is drama that one of them specifically causes, it'd be nice for it to flip where Sue does something behind Reed's back that doesn't involve Namor that she thinks is the right thing to do and comes back into her face. And then she mm-hmm. has to run up to Reed. And then Reed can see the flip side of that. And maybe that's a growing moment for him where he's like, oh, so this is what feels like. So, yeah. And then instead of like Sue always, I think a lot of times comes back with attitude, which rightfully so. But I could see like the, with the dynamic being flipped that Reed at that point would come back with a little bit more empathetic of a side. And maybe he'll grow to not do that as often. So maybe the rest of that run, he'll be like hey, this is the plan I had. I will not do it unless you get the sign-off on it. But here's everything laid out. Because the other thing is that Sue is really, really smart. And I think a lot of writers keep forgetting that. Again, Hickman remembers that. But even during Wade's run, where every time Wade's like, oh, yeah, she's really smart. And then he immediately throws her off to do motherly duties herself or just worry about the kids. And so it's kind of confusing why... It's really weird because... the. (laughs) I don't want to give like ultimate universe that much props, but Sue Storm in the ultimate universe is like almost the best version of her because she's allowed to excel way beyond Reed and she surpasses Reed. And she's his like intellectual equal. And the only reason she's not considered that in universe is because she's a woman and it's actually addressed in universe that way. So it's very interesting that that's the one thing the ultimate universe got that was super right compared to 616.
2: That is very interesting. Um, I want to hear from Lex. What do you think of Sue Storm in this chunk of issues that we read?
3: I thought she was really fun. Like, I really did like that she had her own thing going um, with, I guess, old Atlantis. Um, I really did like the structure of these comics with, like, the three main stories going on. I thought they were all really interesting. I thought they were all really fun. But I really liked being able to... Like I mean, I feel like a broken record with all of us, but like I liked seeing Sue have her moment, like do her own thing, make her own decisions, and it felt very good to watch her bitch slap Namor. That was very funny. Mm-hmm. I belly laughed after that. I was like, "Oh yeah, I could. I I don't have context, but I felt the context in that one." <laughs> I was like, "I don't need to know anything else about you two to know that she liked doing that." <laughs> so. I thought it was really good. I thought there was a lot of different deep moments that I got to catch on to. Also, um, I do, I do want to kind of take a little sidetrack, though, and say my favorite character from this chunk was Franklin. Poor little man. <laughs> Nobody talk ever about, wants to give him attention.
2: Talk about oh. our little cosmic god that doesn't get enough know.
3: attention. <laughs> i thought he was such an interesting character who i feel like i know i gave val a little bit of a hard time at the beginning but like i feel like for me the kids are the most interesting because they're a little bit understated you don't really especially franklin like you don't really get to see his capability until a little bit later in these issues that we read this time um I thought it was funny that he got paired up with that little alien kid that was to dampen his powers. And nobody really realized that until Franklin was like, please knock this bitch out, please. (laughs) Like, let me help you. I'll do this. But, um, it all kind of started for me when Franklin was like, Hey dad, like it's time to go to the toy store. Like you promised, you promised. And Reed was like, Franklin, scram. I'm hanging out with your sister. Leave me alone. (laughs) And I just was like, Oh, little guy I guess go go hang out with Uncle Johnny at the toy store Mm -hmm. and so then later when he got after Spider-Man for wanting to sit in um, Johnny's chair I was like oh no okay Johnny was basically like his kind of sort of adopted dad because Reed was not there Reed didn't have Mm -hmm. time for him and it was just so sad (sighs) no wonder that his adult self wanted to judo kick his grandpa in the head (laughs) <laughs> makes sense
2: I actually really like that parallel between Franklin and Johnny as very very powerful but not taken serious members of the Fantastic Four
3: because they're quote uh, unquote not as smart as everybody else
2: yeah and mm-hmm. like as Johnny because in the original construction of Fantastic Four Johnny is the kid brother right but as he becomes an adult that role changes and so I think Hickman very smartly creates franklin as the kid with giant powers that everyone underestimates and has to keep an eye on i think that's an essential part of fantastic four that gets a new face here i really
5: really liked i like that i like that a lot and i i love it hickman doesn't do character building in ways that are really obvious like a lot of uh, other writers do. Like a lot of other writers are like, I want you to make sure that you see this part and you know it's going to be important later. The issue where they go to the toy factory and arcades there, it feels like such a one-off filler issue. But you look back at the effect it has on Franklin and um, the aftermath of Johnny's death, you realize that's a very, very, very important issue for building up that relationship and for cementing johnny is someone that franklin cares about and helping that emotional um resonance land a little better when johnny actually dies and that's something you don't always see from runs like this is sometimes filler is just filler but this actually had a really significant purpose i don't think that issue would have hit as hard and that conversation with spider-man that he has after that's really really great i don't think those hit as hard without this the silly little arcade issue
3: I wholeheartedly agree, because if you realize, like, right before they go to the arcade, he's like, what do you guys want to get? And they're both like, web shooters. And he's like, yeah, okay, I hate you both. But then afterwards, he's uh, when Franklin's talking to Spider-Man, he like wants nothing to do with Spider-Man. He's like, you were the best guy in my eyes. But now, like, no, I'm realizing that my Uncle Johnny was the best and I miss him. And Mm -hmm. it was a very emotional moment for me.
5: Absolutely,
2: for sure. Uh, my f- follow-up question, Lex, and I want to hear from Ann too, because you mentioned this earlier in the episode. You talked about really liking the structure of the family being broken apart and all having their own thing to do, Lex. So can you talk to that a little bit? Because I feel like so many Fantastic Four issues are built around the whole family goes off and does this thing. And I think that's why sometimes some of these characters get shunted to the back because it's very hard to give four people something important to do all at the same time. So what did you think of splitting the family apart? Did you have a favorite <laughs> one of those stories? What do you think overall?
3: I really liked it. I feel like for me coming into the fantastic four, I mean, this is a story that has so much out there. It's been around for a million years that the fantastic four is older than I am. And, um, I feel like for me, this got to shine a light on those individual characters and like each play to their strengths to me, at least like, I mean, the little snippet where they let Ben be a human again and like him have those human moments and like get to live the life that he's wanted for so long. And like the, I just, I loved the moment with, um, I'm assuming she's his girlfriend, Alicia? Yeah,
2: Alicia yeah, is his long-time girlfriend. love, Alicia. Yeah,
3: the and sisters. so like like that moment with them where like I didn't know she was blind. Kind of love that. That makes it so much more sweet. And she was like, oh my gosh, like I realized this magnitude for you. And I love that moment with them. I love getting to watch Johnny kind of like give him those moments while they're little men about town. Um, I love seeing Val get developed into a severely intellectual character, which I think will be really fun down the road. I love seeing the adult versions of her and Franklin at the beginning. Um, and like that conversation with um, her older version and Sue in that kitchen where she was like, Mom, can you make me some of that tea, please? <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that, that's me. That's me pulling up into my mom's kitchen every weekend. Like, oh, can I have some of that that you're making for yourself? Thank you. Love that. Um and I just feel like it made every character feel important to me. Which I feel like some of the other ones that we've read in the past haven't. Because they're all doing the same thing at once. So I really liked it a lot.
2: And talk to me about the, all the cities. You said you're starting to see the matrix of this run. <laughs> talk to me about the structure of it.
5: Yeah, it's just... Um... <laughs> From a narrative perspective, it's really, really fun watching a Fantastic Four book that builds on the world. It feels like so oftentimes in the Marvel Universe, um, New York City is the end-all be-all, and that's that's like it. You get New York. Sometimes you get like, I don't know, like, <sighs> I don't even know where else is popular. LaVaria, <laughs> I have no idea. Gotham. Gotham. Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot that. The popular Marvel city. But it's it, it has the Gotham effect where it's like there's one city where this entire universe seems to revolve around and it makes everything feel very small. So it feels very, very fitting that the Fantastic Four, this adventure comic, would be the one to make the world feel much bigger than it actually is. And to remind you, it's like there are people living average lives, but at the same time, there are literally cities and civilizations that could... Chain like revolutionize the entire world, doing their own shit at each corner of this of this planet, and it's from a like a myth standpoint from a lore standpoint, it's really, really fun. I really, really liked seeing that, and I think the use of them in the build up to Johnny's death was handled marvelously um forgive the pun there was. I liked splitting the family up then and putting them all into these equally dangerous situations. We are like, we know someone's going to die. And at this point it could literally be everyone. Any single one of them is in a position where they're going to die. Reed's trying to save people on this planet from Galactus. Sue's dealing with a fish revolution in Atlantis. And, you know, Ben's human again. He is literally for the first time ever, very, very mortal. And I think that was so, so perfectly executed to add, just add to the tension. Le- Lexi, this is your first time reading through it. You didn't know that Johnny was going to die, right? No, you okay. monsters. <laughs> did you, going into it, did you have a feeling or a hope or a suspicion of who was going to be the one that bit the dust? No,
3: honestly, I didn't have a suspicion, but I really hoped that it was that one nerdy kid that's the blonde one. I can't remember his name because I hate him.
5: <laughs> Are you talking about the Powers kid?
3: I think so. I don't know. The Alex one, like, Powers? He makes...
5: huh? You wanted Alex <laughs> Powers
3: to die? Dude, I don't know. Or the dragon.
2: Evan has left. <laughs> loved- <laughs> she wanted dragon man and alex to die that I is I did like really dragon man's tiny
3: little glasses his little glasses were kind of his fun.
5: glasses are adorable
3: or when he's like i guess i will buy everybody drinks because i don't drink
4: <laughs> me that's that me parents parents at every party my parents this
3: weekend while i was wasted at our work party it's great uh,
5: i think i think if i was reading this the, for the first time and i had no idea johnny was going to buy it i would have thought for sure it was going to be ben
3: i well okay Yes, I did think it was Ben. And in my mind, I was like, well, he's rocks. So duh, he'll be fine. But
1: he'll then I fine. was like,
3: oh, wait, no, he can't. He can't come back through the portal because that defeats the purpose. And so it was a world. It was a whirlwind of 35 seconds. I'll tell you that.
5: Oh, for sure.
2: Lex, how did it feel to see the annihilation wave again? Oh, Remember them? <laughs>
3: I said, No, get rid of the bugs. Scram. Gross.
2: Alright, so Evan, to wrap up our chat about the Fantastic Four issues before we shift more into like FF conversation, you're the one who these characters are like the nearest and dearest to. Like, I really love the Fantastic Four, but I'd say like, on this podcast, you've got like, Anne is the DC girl, I love the X-Men, the X-Men are my babies, Alexis doesn't really like comics, and then...
3: Nope, but I've read a hell of a lot of them, I'm starting to realize.
2: <laughs> you really have. <laughs> Evan, you're our Fantastic Four correspondent. So talk to me about the emotional impact of the issues following Johnny's death from the character's perspectives.
1: Yeah, so after Johnny dies, there's a single issue of almost a one-shot where we get to watch all of the surrounding characters just kind of deal with the grief of losing Johnny. And so... Like I think the one that hits the hardest for me in particular, like there's a moment like with Reed where he goes to anal- uh, Annihilus, a baby Annihilus, and he goes through the negative zone, and he's like, "Hey, I'm, I'm willing to make you a trade. You know, I'll give you the exact thing you need if you give me Johnny back." And Annihilus just kind of like looks at him, and then just shows him like a ripped up shirt of a of, uh, Johnny shirt. So, like you're really like they're just driving in like there is no hope Johnny's coming back. Like this is kind of it, but. I think the story that really or the part that really hits for me is like Ben Grimm grieving because he calls up his boys uh, Hulk and Thor, who are basically like, you know, the two of the strongest people in the universe. And he's there. He's like, I think they meet up. I think this was set up before that they meet up just kind of like to punch around every once in a while. And so he's there just like kind of let out some steam and like punch around. Uh, but when he when he arrives there thor is immediately just like hey dude if you want to talk we could talk and like again this is not without any words but you just kind of feel the energy and how it's drawn and everything and the thing last ben lashes out he hits thor and then hulk you know is just like hey man you need to relax and so he just lets ben just wail on him and so ben's using all this energy and it's wailing on the hulk and the hulk's not fighting back he's just taking it and taking it and then it ends with them just like with the Hulk just, like, holding him. And then Ben's just, like, collapsed, like, full of energy. And then Thor's crying. At that point, like, it's probably, it's, like, it's so sad. It's such it's such a grieving process. And so all the characters are going through that. And then after that, we get a little nice uh, story with Peter uh, Parker. He comes in and hangs out with Franklin for a little bit because Franklin's really going through it and – kind of how uh, both Lexi and uh, Anne touched on it, that Franklin kind of just gets to get a lot of attention from the family sometimes, or he's like a missed uh, variable at times. So Peter's the one to come through and be like, hey, um, I know what it's like to lose, you know, an uncle, you know? And I know you're trying to think like, you think it's your fault. You think you could have done something, but I know when my uncle died, I could have done something. So I know exactly what you're going through and then some. So if, you know, I'm, I'm, acting like everything's okay but everything's not okay so we could deal with this together so there's a lot there's just so many moments of that in this one issue and I think just reading it standalone is just such a powerful issue about grief and how it hits like the people you love when you're gone and sometimes it's something that we don't think about seeing because a lot of us like personally I've had a lot of experience with death growing up so this was one of those issues where I'm like oh I can see myself in all these characters and these are all characters that I've been in love with since my childhood. I've been reading Fantastic Four since maybe first grade or kindergarten. So these are characters I followed my entire life. So when I first read that issue after reading Giant's Death, it really hit home that because I personally was like, it was I was part of that family and I was losing that family member too. So I don't know if that all made sense or I was just kind of rambling, but I think it's like, it's just such an emotional experience. I don't know if there's any type of way to explain how to feel that unless you go through it either in real life or with another character you love. So if you've read ultimate death of Spider-Man, if you followed Ult- like ultimate Spider-Man and then read out to his death, I think that's like, again, like the closest thing um, to what, how, what this felt like. Another maybe like close second might be death of Superman I didn't feel totally emotionally invested in that when I was reading it my first time because I just wasn't following the character like that. But And that was more of a scope story than it was an emotional, powerful hitting. And even the aftermath of that, I don't think. There were some comics after that that were pretty emotionally powerful. But like I said, the fact that they were able to do one issue, like 30, 40 pages, and get all this emotions out of me, I think it's just so impressive to me. So... Everything I say about Hickman in the Krakowa era, you know, I, I'm not in, in love with his Krakowa era, most because characters are out of, out of character and the dialogue is very cold for some reason. But when Hickman's on, he's on. He's one of the best for a reason. And I would trust him with any character he wants to do to this day. And it's because of this fantastic forerun, run because he gets these characters. He loves these characters and it shows.
4: Thank
2: you. I liked that a lot. Thank you. I think my favorite moment of grief from the obviously Ben is a big highlight of that. I had seen the page of Ben crying before I had ever read this comic, but a moment for me that was very poignant was like how much Sue isolated herself mm-hmm. with this, like Sue, Sue and Johnny's relationship. Cause my fantastic four are like Stan and Jack's fantastic Four. Like, I, I really like Hickman. I really like Mark Waid. And like, warts and all, Stan and Jack's Fantastic Four is is mine. I love to hate Reed being crazy in that. I love to roll my eyes at Ben being a curmudgeon. Like I just, Stan and Jack's Fantastic Four is very special to me. And a big part of that is how much of a surrogate mother Sue is to Johnny in that run. And so to see her grief on these pages for the loss of not only her brother, but the boy that she raised felt very real and earned to me. And when Reed came in to comfort her and she threw up her walls, her barriers, right to be alone. And he just surrounded the field with his hand. I thought that was a really stirring image to me of them as a couple. I know that like, I was poking the bear a little bit earlier with this about Reed and Sue as a couple. But I think that they actually represent a really great dynamic of knowing how to be there for each other and give each other interdependent space when necessary. And I I just like that idea of not trying to break down Sue's barrier, let her have her isolation, but to be nearby and to like encompass her with your love while respecting a boundary was a cool relationship moment for me from those two in this issue. And the choice to make this a silent issue was spot on. I think that grief is something that feels like a ringing in your ears. And I felt like this issue, I could hear that ringing in your ears of just shell shock at the loss of someone like Johnny storm. And i read a lot of deaths in comics and I don't even feel particularly close to Johnny Storm. I've always liked him, but like the pacing on his death, uh Ben banging on that door, Johnny turning to the wave and like flaming on, the double page spread of him being overwhelmed by the Annihilation Wave was inarguably for me the mo the second most stirring death in comics. The first for me being Evan, have you read Saga? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, Until spoilers. Death. <laughs> yeah, spoilers for Saga. the The death of Marco from Saga hit me harder than that. But like, that's one of my favorite characters of all time in all fiction. Yeah. And so, the fact that Jonathan Hickman was able to take a character that I'm fond for, but not in that way, and I had full chills reading that, like tears in my eyes at the death of Johnny Storm. That was pretty impressive. Really cool comic book moment from this week for me.
1: Also, I want to do a quick shout out to uh, Rick Reminder's uh, Deadly Class. There's a lot of deaths in that book, and almost every single one hits in a different way. So, just if you haven't read Deadly Class yet, it's not for everybody. It was super for me, and that just ended last year, and I was in tears. It, I was just just down my face. Like the only time I cry in comics is when something like ends in a really beautiful way. And so, like Deadly Class, Giant Days, Ultimate Death of Spider Man this like those are times where i just like was just in tears like just quietly crying to myself so definitely recommend that
2: oh yo you know how there this is a happy note for evan specifically and maybe any other Rick Remender fans out there you know how there that was that there was that drama about rick remender and an artist on scumbag and everyone's like cancel rick remender i chip sadarsky gave some more like insider knowledge on that he's like he's like i believe that artist that's a shitty thing he's like I have never met another soul that doesn't think Rick Remender is the best person to work with in comics, like (laughs) taking care of artists. He's like, you all know, like everyone wants to work with Rick. Like you're going to get rich with Rick. Rick's going to treat you like a king. He's like, he's like, I don't know all the specifics of that. He's like, but that was really crazy to see everybody be like, Rick Remender is a scumbag. And he's like, it actually just kind of feels like someone's airing out like an annoyance in a very public way. (laughs) And that, that like, in my heart, a little bit, I was like, "Oh, thank goodness, I yeah. can like Rick Remender comics."
1: <laughs> yeah, I I I trust Remender a lot. First of all, Remender is like one of the best working comic writers to this like this day. To oh, like, this Deadly day, Class, if you took like just two of his works, like for me, if I just put Deadly Class and Righteous Thirst of Vengeance, those are two of the best comics I ever read in my goddamn life. So no doubt about that. But listen, when, oh go ahead.
2: Oh, the best black si- the best Fantastic Four comic of all time is Black Science by Rick Remender.
1: Yes, Don't throw that out there. A hundred percent, but who was that other uh, artist he didn't work with anymore? We stopped working with on that. Uh... I have to check that. Don't call I me don't on know. that. Never mind. I can be. I don't know. Play.
2: But okay, do we want to shift to FF? So we've talked about the death of Johnny Storm, and we had the foundation of the Future Foundation, and we had the first five issues of Future Foundation comics. What did we think?
1: First thing I want to say, that image, I think it's at the end of uh, FF Issue 1, and it goes to the cover of uh, FF Issue 2, and it says Doom Nation, and Doom's just standing there cross-eyed with flames all about him and stuff. That's the hardest picture of Doom I've ever seen in my goddamn life. That shit was sick. I was
3: so excited to hear your opinion on that. I looked at that, and I was like, yeah. oh, yes, I can talk <sighs> to Evan about that.
1: <laughs> that just the Doom Nation on there, I was like, yeah, you already know. So I, I was happy to see that. But, yeah, so this is your first time reading this run, Lexi. So, what do you think mm-hmm. about Doom and all these villains on the FF team?
3: <sighs> well, um, I like Doom. I'm a Doom fan. I did get a good chuckle about his brain damagedness. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I love how quickly Val clocked him for it, too. And he was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, I do have this problem. <laughs> Um, but I feel like going forward, it's going to be a really interesting point to have him so close to the team. And like the moment where he's like, your daughter asked me to help stop you. I was like, oh, Oh, okay. That was a
2: really good like bait and switch where I was like, what?
3: what That was not what I was expecting that conversation to have been. (laughs) But no, I feel like it goes pretty hard. And also I just like the council of all the baddies was very funny (laughs) when Ben and um, Sue were like, you know what? I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out of here. And Spider-Man was like, do you also want me to be out of here? Or can I stay? Because I'm kind of curious. <laughs>
1: yeah. And also then Spider-Man getting that moment where he gets to be to show that he just has as much reason to be yes, there as everyone else because he's gets also to smart.
3: to be smart? Yes. 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 And everyone was I like, love what that? are you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I loved that. I loved
2: when Moly was like, whoa, the Spider-Man is smart. I was like, hell yeah, he is. Here he is. That's yeah. <laughs>
5: I can't
3: I believe Dallas
5: tricked me into reading a Spider-Man comic
2: I just thought eight.
3: that, too. I said, there's no fucking way that Spider-Man's in this team now. I was like, Listen, I got catfished. <laughs>
2: greatest superhero of all time. Coming up in the Dan Slott era, I love scientist Peter Parker. I love when Peter Parker gets to be smart. I love when he gets to be a genius. I know those are synonyms, but like, I'm just hyped. I <laughs> loved this moment. Yeah, I I was so worried about Hickman writing Spider-Man because I love Jonathan Hickman. I think he is a very high concept writer. i had never read this Fantastic Four run. So I had always had the opinion that great concepts, really, really good at writing Captain America, but everyone else is just kind of there to like say cool shit and like keep the plot moving forward. And so I was like, that's not really what I don't like plotty plot plot Spider-Man. I have a very specific voice that I like for Spider-Man, and I was worried about Jonathan Aikman's voice. I am no longer worried. I loved his Peter Parker. I thought his Peter Parker was great. I thought we got some great, great power, great responsibility talks. Mm-hmm. I think We got some great quips. We got some genius Parker. He's got a dope new costume.
3: This I felt like a comic book fan hard. again. His Comics. Who'd have thought? A little jazzy. Or when he pulls up to the roof, and he's like, oh, I don't know why I thought there'd be a door. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's so good. good. Also, Steve Epting's artwork on the FF issues was brilliant, beautiful.
5: Crazy. What do we think about the FF costumes? I Sick. think they
3: go hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or oh, how oh, they love color for change. that. change?
5: Yeah, <laughs> Hickman's love for that bas- really basic white with like the black um, highlights. Happens in every single book, but he does it because he's like, "This is a banger, and I'm going to keep playing the hits until they run out."
1: Mm-hmm. I think. The- I also, oh,
5: I was going to say the only the only issue I have is I I always try not to notice it because I know it happens more often than not. But I, you, you know, you play the game like who gave the the female character the bikini bottom in her costume? And Sue Storm definitely has the bikini bottom <laughs> part of her costume for the FF, and I can't unsee it now. And I hate it oh. because I didn't notice that before. <laughs> I,
1: I that. also didn't notice that. You are so right. That's <laughs> so crazy. So I'm throwing it out there.
2: Sue, titty window shaped in a four, Storm, <laughs> is absolutely wearing the bikini bottom.
3: Sue Storm. It's yes. a sneaky yes. bikini bottom.
5: It's a sneaky one. Sneaky.
3: It's sneaky. But well, she does but have go-go boots, so. The
5: moment good. in the kitchen where Spider-Man's like, yo, aren't you concerned that you got, like, the godfather meeting with villains downstairs and she's like, Listen, I've kicked all their asses so many times, they're more scared of me than I am of them. She okay. she gave you the she gave you the you don't have to fear sharks, they're more scared of you than you are of them. Talk to Peter Parker, and Peter's like, Okay, I get it. It's like I'm just saying if the Sinister Six were downstairs, I'd be scared shitless, but you know, it's fine.
2: <laughs> she's like, Listen, Peter loses the fight the first time, Parker. I'm not scared. I win. Well F4,
1: we don't lose. We don't lose. And when we do, um, our kids go to hell. up. <laughs> <Hey! laughs> Listen, unless
2: Doom is wearing people leather, we ain't scared. Mm.
3: I do have oh. to say, those little skinny ass eyebrows that they gave Sue is kind of a criminal. Criminal move right there. That is a crime. As someone who did who did eyebrows for a living, criminal.
2: I'm going to throw it out there. When Mole Man pulls up in Antarctica with the giant <laughs> monsters, I was like, fucking real comics. I love it. Mole Man, that is, we have a question for this later of who people want to be the bad guy in the first Fantastic Four movie. Absolutely Mole Man. Mm-hmm. He's number one. Kirby Monster. He is so funny. Everything he does is iconic. I don't the remember who wrote the story.
3: In The Incredibles.
2: True. That's because oh, he's cool. so good. He's mm-hmm. so good at everything. Mm-hmm. There's this story. I think it's a Stan and Jack story, but I could be wrong. Where he has like an opposite pool, but he thinks it's an opposite pool, but it's actually a what's really inside of you pool. Have we talked about this before? Yep. Yeah. 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 I talk about it every time he comes up because I love him. It's the <laughs> funniest thing. He, he
1: loves Mole Man and he loves Vulture.
2: That's yeah. it. No, are two are. They're both so stupid. I love them. <laughs>
3: oh my <laughs> oh. i'm more
1: about diablo so you know it is all right
3: it's kind of you like you a- love Necra. diablo in the i same love though.
1: diablo he was one of my first uh, fantastic four villains because i got like um mm-hmm. a weird compiling of just random stories and he was there and this dude was just like fantastic four i'm here and i was like <laughs> hell, hell yeah man Hick hell their yeah queen so, i was Showed talking some to legs em.
5: I was talking to Evan about this earlier in the week and I thought it was funny that the Fantastic Four is the only superhero group I know that has an entire rogues gallery that they would 100% invite to dinner and then have a fight <laughs> second. Dinner first, fight second. Yeah. And here they are, Reed's hosting a and d group in his basement. <laughs> with aim and the watcher shows up to be like hey what's what's going on who's rolling those d20s you doing, <laughs> you
4: doing
5: okay and yeah listen how do you how do you operate how do you function if the watcher shows up to w- look over your shoulder because you know whatever you're about to do you're either about to do something wonderful or you're about to fuck it up royally
4: it was <laughs> there so is fun, no Middle ground. he
1: reached all the was like val what, what the, the hell, hell? And i was like <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I just do what they said. And the was like, "What me? <laughs> Listen, I just do what the future said.
5: It's like most oh, parents right. just have to worry about their kid bringing home a bad report card. <laughs> Reed has to worry about his daughter literally ending the universe. <laughs> <laughs> I do have right,
3: to anyway. say. Oh, sorry.
2: You go. No, you go. You go.
3: Okay, I just have to say my absolute favorite part from FF is when I think it's Franklin. Or maybe what that other blonde kid? I can't remember his name. That I wanted to die but didn't.
5: It was Franklin. It was Bentley. Franklin? Was we could praying. be talking about Bentley. We could be talking about Alex. There's so many
1: blondes. We Let's talk, talk about Bentley. Bentley's the
3: Yeah, Bentley. Bentley is of the devil. But anyway, Alex
1: Powers is from the Power Packs, <gasps> and he's the one with the black.
3: Either way, one of them is praying at the dinner and to like when they start with like all the different people that they're praying to they're just like <laughs> over, to to every Eden. single face and then Bentley's like oh and, and the devil please and he goes and then they say it and he goes oh, hell yeah.
4: Spider-Man <laughs> man got real uncomfy. Yeah. Uh,
3: Spider-Man
5: he's like why do I feel nervous? Spider-Man's like why is my left ring finger tingling?
3: <laughs> 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 Help me now.
5: I love um, when all the
2: villains show up and all the FF kids have little pop guns
5: and they yes, say, easy yes. boys, we don't want a ruckus. they <laughs> just, they're just it. looking it at like, these kids. They're like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't cause a ruckus. I don't know, yeah,
2: guys. Right. <laughs> Maybe we should be talking down <laughs> Dr. Doom. Like, easy, easy. Oh, it's I'm so a- good.
1: They should be scared though. Frankly last time Franklin shot a toy gun, he almost killed somebody. So That's that true. is
5: true. Almost killed the Green Goblin. So yeah. Wow. He almost
1: killed right, anyway,
2: whole career. Back to the important things. Mole man's sunglasses. <laughs> slay. Mole man's haircut. Slay. Mole man's gigantic mole man nose. Slay. Mole man's height, slay. Mole man's whole motivation being All of my people are running away because I'm a bad ruler and you have to tell them to stop it. Slay. (laughs) Everything about him is so they would rather be Neanderthals than hang out with him. And that (laughs) rules. It's a perfect comic book. I rest my case. Be so vile that people would rather be Neanderthals than your friend.
5: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You want to talk about some good Sue moments when she comes down to save her city and she um there's the one scene i had to stare at for a second because i didn't realize what had happened she's just pointing at one of the giant like crustacean things that came out of the water and there's just a little circle there i'm like oh did she punch it with like a disc and then you see the other side and it's just boom and there's this huge explosion no she literally exploded the motherfucker she shot him <laughs> and guts are going everywhere he had no idea what hit him and then the next panel there's her in the air and there's one of those things being flipped over on itself and she. Like no, she's she came to kill. She is <laughs> she is the regent, and she is going to defend her fish people. And I love it so much. I don't know why do I keep I I keep I have a type, and it's blonde rulers of Atlantis.
1: <laughs> it keeps happening. Shout out. It's Shout a out. it's
3: yes excellent. Once
5: once it's coincidence, twice it's a pattern.
1: <laughs> yeah, when you were saying you have a type, you could have just stopped at blonde.
5: Shut up. <laughs> Shut up.
1: Shut up. <laughs> Yo.
2: Some other slay moments not from Mole Man. When Doom gets his powers back, and he says, oh Fires God. relit, science and magic rekindled, the chains of mere mortality broken.
4: Doom is reborn.
2: Bitch. As yeah. he's just like, down in the flames, Kirby crackle in one he's hand a and a sigil bitch. in the other. I was like, He is so words I'm not allowed to say, but like, like every <laughs> cool thing ever.
3: It starts about with a C, him, even.
2: It starts with <laughs> a Oh.
1: <laughs> I was like, "What the hell?"
3: The inst- the fact that I instantly understood what you were saying, I was like, "Oh yes, that's a good word to describe that."
1: He is—he
2: is that. <laughs> oh, I love him so much. Mm-hmm. I also love how Steve Epting draws. Like, I don't know if I'm a bigger fan of like Doom is actually super ugly under there, or if he just got like a little scar. But like, I <laughs> love the Steve Epting just draws him mangled under that mask. I'm, I'm like actually ugly.
1: I'm usually flip flop, but recently I've been going to the little scar. And it's mostly because Guillermo del Toro wants to do a Doom movie where he just has a little scar. So yeah. I'm just like, yeah, man, whatever Guillermo del Toro wants is true. <laughs>
3: okay, side note that'll none of you will probably get at all, but I've, has anybody seen the Scar Girl on TikTok?
1: The no. Scar Girl? If not,
3: if not, look it up because there's this girl on TikTok who's trying to catfish everybody into thinking that she has a scar, and it for sure is just an eyebrow stencil that she's put on her cheek and it's just how I imagine doom (laughs) it's so funny so funny I'm like his scars probably not even real
1: (laughs) (laughs) that would be even funnier
2: yo uh more I realized like we were talking about the first half of this I was like man this was really good but like I don't think I have much to say other than Johnny and then I opened up to the FF pages and I was like oh yeah real comics number one run in the world like, there is a big pickup for me in FF. When Spider-Man goes to meet the Thinker, and the Thinker's like, hmm, yes, you don't even realize what it means that you were the one sent to me. I was cracking up. I love him. <laughs> I love when like, Spider-Man's okay. like, when he's like, what should I do? And Spider-Man's like, maybe brush your teeth and take a shower. And he's like, no, that's not it. And <laughs> I was like, this is the best page in comics right here. Uh,
5: I love the Fantastic Four villains and just how un- Apologetically, can't be there, and I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid that's gonna get lost in the movies. They're gonna to try to make them so much more serious than they need to be, and that that
2: hurts exactly. me. They're gonna say, Bro, did that just happen? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Annihilus is gonna be like, Well, they just said that.
5: <laughs> He's going to be like, My name is the mad thinker, and they're gonna be like, <laughs> Chuckle, this <laughs> oh, <laughs> is <so> I- stupid. <laughs> what are
2: we some sort of mr fantastic
5: <laughs> say that again
2: so what are we some sort of mr fantastic <laughs> again again so what are we some sort of mr fantastic
5: <laughs> i want the um i can't wait for the fantastic four um third movie where we get both the other movies to show up i i can't wait for the return of Fantastic. Oh, oh, yeah. Right? Bum, 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 bum. Except it's the version of that, but it's played on the kazoo. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Can we talk Beautiful. about the wizard's helmet? Always, oh. any day, every day.
2: Absolutely, Slay. The Yeah, this rules. I'm sorry, Alexis, I know this Fantastic Four kind of new to you, so a lot of these characters are new. Was it still very fun to have them show up, it even does. though you're not like, oh, my campy big? Every time no, one of them was, shows because up
3: I still got that vibe for sure I was like oh these are a bunch of bad bitches That got invited to a bad bitch uh, Convention And they're all we just all talking <laughs> this...
2: I want to be inside... invited to the circle To talk shit on Reed Richards <laughs> is, <that's what laughs> this is.
5: They invited a council Of talking shit on Reed Richards Hosted by Reed Richards
3: <laughs> Hosted by Reed Richards, we <laughs> we Reed
5: Richards.
3: <laughs>
5: It's a fucking It was a fucking roast He was a (laughs) roaster.
3: Oh, Oh, man. And his father was the toastiest roast. (sighs) That man hurts. I don't know much about him, but he freaks me out.
2: I think that's actually a really good transition into the listener questions because we have a great (gasps) question from Doug about the father. Oh, Oh, we love Doug.
4: Yes, Doug.
2: Yeah. So, Doug from the YouTube channel for Every Kind of Geek who gets a for every kind of shout out on every episode because he's my bestie out here in New York. He says Reed's father, Nathaniel plays an interesting role throughout Hickman's run as kind of a failed idol that Reed keeps looking up to Hickman explores themes of necessary evil in all of his works. But what do you think he's trying to say with this relationship, especially in the context of Johnny's death? Whose approach is the right one? Does Reed's idealism blind him to the cost of everything Or does Nathaniel's pragmatism undermine the heroism of the FF? Hope you're all enjoying FF and happy casting.
5: Mm, I don't know. I feel like this is a question that's going to be better answered once we have the full picture in play.
1: I think we can already see the little hints that maybe this is a character we shouldn't be expecting Reed that it's not great that Reed looks so highly up to. I don't think that Daniel so far is considered even like a bad person or anything, but his approach to speaking to Reed and his approach to their entire relationship up to this point has not been ideal for Reed's growth or betterment. So Mm -hmm. I think in the future, and I'm trying to speak very uh, without giving anything away, but I think it's something that, i think like ann said it would be better explored and answered in the future but as of right now um i think he seems fine i don't see anything going wrong at all
3: Hmm.
5: it's it's an interesting oh lexi were you gonna say something
3: well i was just gonna say i could give my completely unknowledgeable unbiased opinion Mm because i don't know what happens um I feel like I get major red flags from this man. Major <laughs> uncomfy vibes from him. <laughs> because I mean, at first we see him meddling with Adult Franklin and Val. And so that's a little spooky and he gets drop-kicked into some freaky portal and I was like, okay, he for sure is being set up to be the worst. And then, then he comes back to like college-aged Reed, and that Reed is like, "Let me help you, Dad." And he's like, "No, I specifically came to you because you don't have the resources to help me the way that you want to. Like, you are the dumb, you are the dumb version of my child for now. Like, there's a reason." And so I was like, "Too
2: poor to be a superhero."
4: Yeah,
3: like, oh, okay, okay, all right, super genius time traveling dad. And then later, when he eventually does show up to, like, our current read during the run, I'm just like, you are a villain. You are a try time traveling fiend. You just want to make a roast and then roast your son. <laughs> <laughs> so not a fan of Nathaniel. It's kind of scary a little bit. Also, his outfit freaks me out.
5: I like when he gets booted by Franklin that Franklin's like, you know you're the reason that no Reed Richards has a dad, right? That's, yeah, that's that's kind of fucked. But it's also really intriguing to wonder if the fact that he is around for this Reed is going to make a difference in his life, but I don't know.
2: I'm very curious because this marks the end of the first omnibus. So I've been reading these in omnibuses. So okay. I can't help, because of the format that i'm reading this in but feel like this is a complete unit of story and i'm very very curious about like it, it very much feels like the halfway point of a story like i'm wondering if this is arbitrary that this is where they like cut off or if there's some significance to the story i guess i'm just saying that out loud i don't want, really want either of you to answer me but
1: <laughs> you have been will, heard I, I, it does feel like um, it. It feels like it caps off at a point where one run ends, another one's beginning. So it's kind of teasing up the next part. Is how it feel, felt to me reading it uh, this time, uh, and capping off with uh, the return of Black Bolt was also definitely like a huge like moment. This has also been a really the fun. Dog
2: the dog does agree. Again, a little <laughs> vulgar for my taste. Yeah,
1: I don't understand like. I don't want to get into it. I feel like we have to talk to that dog, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is a kid's podcast.
1: Gotta have a talk with it.
2: specifically podcast
1: for little kids to listen to. Yeah, fuck, man. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say? Oh, shit. You can't just say fuck. Oh, Oh, shit. Uh, I'm
5: sorry. can't just say fuck. My parents might listen again. Dude. You just said fuck. Oh, Oh, fuck. Oh, (laughs) fuck. Parents oh, going to talk to no. me about my potty mouth again.
1: Anna and I are going around the road. Three so... <laughs> 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 guesses what Comedy. our show's called. <laughs> Comedy. Oh, yeah. oh, fuck, not again. <laughs> I'd watch it. I, well, fuck
5: yeah. Let's
4: <laughs> go okay for the Dallas? record.
5: Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> sponsors are good with this right yeah
2: yeah, yeah. i'm just kind of sitting here like waiting for this to play out all right i'm done sorry shit
5: okay yeah we're good
2: <laughs> no i want you Fuck. both to write an essay about what you...
5: <laughs> <laughs> i got him
2: Get his ass all right so anyway whatever i was saying before you two were so awesome we were answering <laughs> doug's lovely question
4: mm-hmm.
1: i was hoping thank you (laughs) sorry i'm sorry for helping i was just like (laughs) with my girlfriend all over again sorry for helping sorry Mm. oh
0: you always make it so difficult
2: (laughs) all right so what i was saying is i kind of it's been a minute since i read a hickman comic and i always forgot i forgot how it is always just like what is going on? I like the vibes, but what is going on? And then the back half is like, this is what is going on. And I feel like I'm feeling a little weird. Cause usually I just plow through his comics, right? Mm-hmm. Cause they're very readable, very, you want to do it. So forcing myself to stop after each of these chunks really makes each of these volumes feel like, I feel like I'm getting blue balled by a comic a little bit. Like every time we stop these, I'm like, I mean, it was pretty good, but like, I'm leaving a little grumpy that I didn't get to like keep going, yeah. and so it's this weird phenomenon where like I feel grumpy at this run, but because I'm just forcing myself not to binge it all at once, yeah, <laughs> I'm mad that it's good. Basically,
5: mm-hmm. we just do two months straight of Jonathan Hickman and nothing else. Dallas is like, wait, hold on, you might be onto something here.
2: My, th- not, my, my, eye not like, my third eye opens I win
5: the Oscar imagine, for best SFX like imagine the show if we didn't let Lexia and pick oh, perfection utopia <laughs> heaven on the collective <laughs> I wonder how long you two would last if I just kept being like
2: this one, this one this one, this one I feel like we'd get five weeks I mean, and then I'd it by myself anyway
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: I'm like Dallas. I haven't seen I haven't seen two girls kiss in so many moons. And you'd be like, "Suck it up." We're reading more Spider Man. Ed Brubaker. (laughs) Whip, whip, motherfucker. Oh, there's another one. I'm sorry.
4: (laughs) I got
2: to remember to hit the explicit button
1: on this one. (laughs) pleading for all ages. Bring your fucking kids. (laughs) (laughs) Might as well just go for it at this point. I've been holding back. <laughs> I've been trying fantastic, so hard not to swear words. Right, sorry. <laughs>
2: okay, more listener questions.
0: This one is. Uh, Thanks you for year. your question, Doug.
1: <laughs> Thanks for your fucking question, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas, Dallas, As that's not appropriate. It's it not appropriate. What the shit, man? <laughs> what words have we, we said shit? yet? <laughs> yeah, what the shit? How? <laughs> What's yours? You can have it. <laughs> No,
2: I was laughing when my brother in law doesn't didn't know how to swear for a long time. But it was it was a new thing to him. So one time he was storming out and he went, You know what? What the shit, guys? And I stormed out of the house and we were like Nobody laughed till he's out of earshot. Don't don't laugh, it'll just make it worse. And then once he's out of earshot, we just lost it. So we we're
1: like, oh boy doesn't know how to swear. This is the best thing of my life. We just start saying what the ass from now on. That should be our thing. That's a good one. Thank you. I'm reading the room, not a fan. Alright, no problem. No, I, I just I can't I can't
5: repeat it. I just we are at our limits. Did we? Probably. Probably. Like,
1: the limit does not exist.
5: It's at least sixty-nine. I
1: mm-hmm. could bend the fuck with my mind. Seventy. <laughs> Alright. Carlos Ramos. What does <laughs> that even mean? Right. <laughs> well, it's Matrix. You yeah. You bend the spoon with your mind. I know, but how do you bend a. Oh, Dallas I has quit. <laughs> he has quit. Look at him. You know, if you don't have a bed to fuck, you gotta fuck more. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Oh, so, geez. Carlos Bamos asked Hey, collective. What the What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> passed my bedside i'm sorry my, my brain's I'm carlos, carlos Ramos asked johnny storm
5: quote a billion to one you think i'm afraid of you you think i'm afraid of that flame on is there a more hype death dialogue than this one
1: uh yeah Fuck when ultimate spider when ultimate spider-man went oh no 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um, ow. Owie!
5: <laughs> oh that uh, classic endless dialogue—you can't beat it. Oh my god! Um, okay. how no. about that famous um Martian Manhunter dialogue in Death of the Justice League, where he just doesn't say a fucking word the entire issue? Yeah, there's that. <laughs> there's that. That's iconic.
1: I think I can't remember the actual dialogue, but the dialogue and uh, are we reading Avengers for this? Yes. yes,
2: we're in Hickman's
1: Avengers. Both of them. Yeah, I don't remember when this happens. Maybe I won't spoil it. But there's two characters that um, are a surprise hit and get really close together, and then um, they get a, a final farewell before the Secret Wars happens. And the way they go out, I think, is one of the best, like one of the best, like low key deaths that happen. So I, I don't want to spoil it for Lexi, but. Um... If you know, you know, I guess. Lex,
2: have you had a favorite death in comics that you've read so far?
3: That sounds so horrible. Um... (laughs) None of them are coming to mind that affected me as much as this one did. I was really flabbergasted by this one.
5: Word. Um, I got one. It's such an obscure one, but it's from the Forever Evil arc during the New 52 and we get a sneak peek <gasps> at Ultraman's origin story and we get to see evil Krypton where um, Jor-El's just like shooting people trying to get um, his little baby to the only rocket left and he sends him off and he says but be the strongest there is Kal-El or be nothing at all and as the baby's rocking away um, Lara says this is all your fault Jor-El and he simply says shut up and die Lara and then boom <laughs> they
4: explode <laughs>
5: <laughs> it's such a stupid line but it's been ingrained in my head for the last is this a 10 year old comic holy shit the last yeah. 10 years a decade this line has lived rent free in my head <laughs> Yo, i love
1: forever call me when you all could do forever evil i'll hop on that real quick my, i my favorite.
2: love forever evil
1: it's like the best dc event in modern history but um another line from that is when uh bizarro or bizarre zero oh, uh fuck. dies yeah and um, Him and Lex, so Lex makes this monster and it turns out to be uh, New 52's uh, Bizarro. Um, And he's a clone of Superman and he's like a fucked up monster. And he dies and then he's dying slowly and sadly. And like he's like, Dad, bye, Dad. And Lex is like, No, Bizarro, we'll fix you. I can fix you. Bizarro's just like, No, your love is enough. And then dies. And then Captain Cold's like, Come on, man. It's just a stupid monster. We got to get out of here. And then Lex turns to Captain Cold. And so far, he's been, like, very emotionless and cold towards Bizarro. Um, But now that Bizarro died, like, Lex kind of, I think Lex finally felt some humanity and, like, love for someone. And he turns kind of Cold and just goes, but he was my monster. And he's, like, really choked up. And I was like, hell yeah, man. So that's one of my favorite deaths in uh, DC, I think.
5: I love it. I love Lex when he's written really, really smartly. I like Mm -hmm. it. Heck yeah.
1: All right. And also, oh, last one. And also not his death, but when Mark in Invincible uh, says to Conquest, I can see the future. You don't live to see tomorrow. That's the coldest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is- Go watch nice. our episodes about Invincible and you'll learn more about that.
2: Yeah, do that. Those are good episodes. <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying this one is a trailer for what kind of episodes we usually do. This one's been a silly one, <laughs> but we do some silliness, too. Sometimes we have cool things to say um mason gonzalez writes in and says how do you feel this run has utilized the ff rogues gallery other than doom so far did introduce you to new characters lastly and you can skip this one we're not going to whenever we get to the mcu fantastic four movie would you like to who would you like to be the main villain even though we all know they'll probably just do doom again And then he writes, my favorite part about this run is what it did for the Inhumans post War of Kings and made Black Bolt one of my favorite Marvel characters purely just for badassery. Have you guys read any of the issues from Ryan North and Yvonne Coelho's run so far? And if you have, do you think they'll incorporate more of the FF villains? I, for one, would love to see someone use Diablo or Mad Thinker. Sorry for the long email. I don't have anyone to talk to about this stuff. Well, Mason, you can always write in and talk with us about it. So yeah, thank you, Mason. FF roguesville rogues how do we feel like they're used in this who do we want to see in the MCU
1: Diablo Mason hit it Mason hit in the head Diablo Mm -hmm. Mason you're my boy hit me up on Twitter (laughs) Mason is (laughs) listen I love Diablo that's the that's the one if he could if he was the one that could be in like the MCU it's not going to happen it's going to be Mole Man or it's going to be Galactus for their first appearance I think but I would love to see Diablo I'd love to see Mole Man I would love to see Galactus I would love to see Annihilus but um hell yeah Mason I just want to give a quick shout out to Mason. He's pretty cool.
5: I would love to see Mole Man or the Mad Thinker. I do not want to do him again. I do not want a Galactus again. I don't want a Silver Surfer again. I want something really, really campy and fun. I want the MCU to not try to take itself too seriously for once. I want it to have a fun 50s style adventure movie with a really, really over the top villain. That's all I want. Alright, hear
2: me out. The only correct answer. I want it to be a Cold War period piece and I want the Red Ghost to be the villain with his genius apes that have superpowers. That's not bad.
5: Fair enough. Listen, it's the only correct
2: answer. It's a Fantastic Four inverse but there's one evil Russian and then three monkeys. You can't do better than that. That is a perfect formula. What besides like Frightful Four? No! (laughs) Three monkeys, one evil Russian. It writes
5: itself. His name is Red Ghost. Lexi, is your pitch better than
3: monkeys? I don't think it's better than monkeys, but I don't know those monkeys. So I'll pretend that it's better than those monkeys. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I really want to see Doom to have his like super campy moment, but I know he's not gonna get it. So I feel like I feel like somebody else silly and wacky should. Um, I kind of am realizing I'm getting into a little bit of a weird spot with the movies recently, where I kind of am understanding why people are grouchy about them. (laughs)
1: Welcome to the club. I never thought. Sorry,
3: I never thought I'd say that, but the speculations that I hear from my beloved other half make me want to throttle someone. (laughs) (laughs) Not him, just someone.
5: (laughs) How many times has he said the word Mephisto?
3: Surprisingly, not as not not as much as Kang. That's a really interesting conversation. That that's the hot the button topic.
5: To. Yeah, fair
2: don't enough. Don't
3: ask me. Call Dallas.
2: What is crazy is that Kang is my favorite villain in all of Marvel, and I don't care about him in the MCU at all. And I love the actor that they have for him. I love. Creator. I think that's going to be great. I love. The character, like, all the math should be adding up, but I'm so fatigued that I'm like, this is probably gonna be... I don't know. I just... The promotional material for this Kang does not feel like it's going to be very campy. It feels like it's going to be pretty serious and sinister, which will be a cool take. I think that we're about to get, like, an all-timer villain performance. But just, like, what I love about Kang is that he's a little bit incompetent, but he's like, for I am Kang! Like... He just goes in, just whole Kangusi out, and (laughs) Never again. I don't know. This very competent Kang that's like, I've defeated the Avengers seventy three times. Like that's a cool guy. Like that's a cool villain. It just doesn't feel very Kang to me.
1: Did you did you watch Loki? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I liked Kang in that where he was very much was just, like, a guy. For sure. Yeah, he was a guy who was, like, alone for centuries, it seems like, and kind of got he's into his own in head, there. and it's, like, really wacky. Um, I think that's the closest to capiness we're unfortunately going to get, so I kind of, like, latched onto that. I agree with you, though. I think that the more serious Kang is not for me, but I watched this motherfucker curb-stop Ant-Man, and I was like, hell yeah, I got hyped. So <laughs> the MCU got me again. I don't know how, <laughs> how to keep doing it. I was I was not into it at all. I was watching the trailer just a straight face, like, <sighs> And then he pulled back with his foot and the camera angle, you just see his foot stomping into it. I was like, oh, damn! I'm back. They got me. I feel like
3: Kang, just in my just a little teeny bit about what I'm experiencing, I don't have very much knowledge about these characters that they're introducing. And the amount of questions I get of Why doesn't so-and-so kick Kang's ass? Can so-and-so kick Kang's ass? Can Kang kick that person's ass? Where are the Eternals, and where are their gods in this? Where are the Celestials? Why are they not stopping Kang? I said, bitch, I don't know! Oh! I said, ask somebody else! I don't know! (laughs) Oh
5: my god. (sighs) I love that.
3: We need a whole episode where he just gets to ask everybody questions. I'm just going to sit him over here and then I'm going to go rock in the corner.
5: We did the Carson mailbag episode. Let's do it.
3: I could tell him he probably could fill two and a half hours of questions. Because the thing is, he'll ask a question and then he'll just spiral down a rabbit hole of all those questions. let's,
5: Let's do it. Sounds fun. He can pick our brains. I volunteer Dallas for this. (laughs) <laughs> my only answer is for it is Kang.
3: Yeah. I don't think he wants I, that answer. I for got it it introduced.
5: I got introduced to Kang. For it is Kang. <laughs> oh my gosh!
1: Wow, <laughs> I a over swear. Who would have thought?
5: <laughs> who would have thought?
4: <laughs> <hell>
5: um, <laughs> my introduction to the man who will not be named was from Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and he's pretty serious in that show. He shows up and he hands the Avengers their own ass for three straight episodes. So I'm 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 here for a King that's gonna curb stomp some people.
3: Yeah, I feel but like if he touches him, Carol, I'm gonna end him. Hmm? Fair. Fair enough. I feel like the problem for Carson is that he doesn't have enough context of who Kang is. I don't think really anybody in his realm of the world does, like just the movie fans. They don't really know <laughs> that man. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting it's- for him to to hear about it.
5: It's exciting. Maybe we should read, read um, Busek's Avengers later in the year.
3: Dallas mm. <laughs> liked that.
5: Yeah.
2: Yo, that Avengers Forever 12 issue maxi from Busek. And Ooh, who was the artist on that one? I feel like an idiot. Sorry, artist on that one. You did a really good job. But that's one of my favorite Kang stories. Favorite stories, period. That made me an Avengers fan. I was always like, Avengers, Shmamengers, And then I read that and I went, these are my people. I love them.
5: (laughs) We should should do it for Carol Danvers and for the Kang Dynasty.
2: All right. Can I ask one last question from Sabrina? Yes. Sabrina says: if you had to choose someone to replace Johnny Storm that wasn't Spider-Man, who would it be? Mm
4: -hmm.
2: Kang.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Mole man. (laughs) Oh man. oh man. No, I would have mm. picked she hulk
2: Oh already, they've already done that.
4: Yeah. Or someone yeah. new?
5: Is that the question? Correct answer. No, it's just uh, like just someone, but I, yeah, I said as I said a second woman in Dallas is like, you can't do that. That's not allowed. That's not allowed. No, thank you. <laughs> Try again.
3: Wrong,
2: Listen
5: Wrong answer. Thing. Guess again.
2: Listen here, you.
5: <laughs> who would have been fa- I'm trying to think like who's. Was- because it has to be somebody off.
3: like entertaining, because that was yeah. the Johnny, the entertaining mm-hmm. bit,
1: or someone like completely out of their element. Like I'm trying to think of, like a, a mutant, like an X-Men character. <laughs> and I'm I'm kind of thinking like maybe oh you know who would be good not out of their element though would be Kitty Pride. because she has a relationship with them. She's like the only mutant that like still so likes them, and she has a really good relationship with uh, Franklin because you guys haven't read yeah. this. but... I've read, read it. Fractions, okay, yeah, it was fractions run of X-Men, right? where um, she was stuck in the bullet still, or the yeah. tube.
2: Yeah, so she got well, stuck in the bullet,
1: was, long story. <laughs> that that was, was even
2: a callback to the original Fantastic Four X-Men mini from like oh, the 80s, yeah. where yeah. they were friends.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so been they been a uh, lot of time. Yeah, like so I, I definitely see her hopping in there, and it would support my, you know, Kitty Pryde being on other teams, because every time she's on a different team, I'm always having a good time. Like, when she was on the Guardians of the Galaxy, I was the only person I enjoyed that. <laughs> I liked it. When it was her and Ben Grimm on the Guardians of the Galaxy and Venom, I was like, hell yeah. That was fun as hell. Random team. Hot take.
2: I kind of like Bendis' Guardians of the Galaxy. I had fun with it. I like that (laughs) part of it for sure. The
1: first half, I'm not a fan (laughs) of my Remember when
5: Carol Danvers was there because the Marvel editorial said she has to be here, but Bendis had no idea what to do with her, so he just like, she's on the covers. Smile. (laughs) (laughs) she's here in spirit she sends her regards that was very weird (laughs) bendis cannot write carol to save his life
2: i don't know who i want that's not spider-man so i won't answer
3: spider-man was dallas's answer there you go literally
2: (laughs) handed him mole man and he's not gonna take it that's just so fun because amazing spider-man one is about him wanting to join the fantastic four and then being like pound sand so it felt such like a full character moment for me where like they invited mm-hmm. him onto the team and like him and Johnny's friendship is one of my favorites yeah. in comics. That
3: was Johnny's like will to have. Yeah, on the team.
2: It just It felt like something I wouldn't have ever done, but doing it makes so much sense. And so it yeah. really made my heart warm.
1: Yeah, yeah, it also felt full circle. We didn't really talk about it, but one, it felt full circle because like like Spider-Man started off being like, hey, like when he was starting off as a kid, uh superheroes like, I want to join your team, pay me. And they're like, We are the fantastic four, there's four of us. He was like, Fuck. That's right. <laughs> and so he had to go. And now uh they like him and uh Johnny had like such a uh fantastic relationship. And to have him to have Johnny recognize that and be like, hey. I really hope you guys consider Pete like he is like the second best superhero besides me, obviously. So I thought that was a really nice rounded way to bring Spider-Man back. And it totally made sense in hindsight. And my other answer is uh, ultimate Jessica drew She'd be great on the team. Oh,
5: well, that she would be would good.
1: That. Yeah. She would kill that.
2: That
5: would be fun. Okay. No, Evan's right. As always. I, I can't miss. I
2: really like uh pluggy, plug, plug our, interview with chip Zdarsky that's below this so in fun. the chat he talked about how spider-man is the moral center and heart of the marvel universe and so it felt very full circle to me to have the fantastic four who is the marvel universe like i know the aughts were a rough time for them but like they're the first family they are stan and jack's babies like the fantastic four is healthy marvel is healthy and to have Spider-Man come and join them really felt like the two pillars of Marvel coming together in a very mm-hmm. fun, satisfying way. So check out that interview with Chip Zdarsky. He has a bunch of cool thoughts about Spider-Man. And I'm so excited to read more of this run next month.
3: Mm-hmm. Me too.
1: And oh, last, yeah. last thing I wanted to bounce, because I I just thought about it, but I wanted to bounce off of what, actually, I guess, Zdarsky was saying. But yeah, Spider-Man is the heart of the marvel universe in a way and the like obviously fantastic four is the first family but right now we're kind of at a point in this story where ben who's normally the heart of the fantastic four isn't the heart right now because he can't handle the pressure so to have spider-man come in and fill that heart role feels very right and so i think that's a really big part of keeping the blood flowing and a big part of the healing process for everybody absolutely man. so higman's a genius i take it all back krakauer arrow is amazing You did nothing wrong. Clip it. (laughs) Clip it. All right. Should we wrap up?
5: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
3: We shall. We shall. Everybody, if you like our show and our shenanigans that for some reason we got into this week, I promise we're normal most of the time, but this was also just really fun.
5: (laughs) Do not lie to the public.
3: I said most, not all. (laughs) (laughs) um but no really guys if you like our show and want to hear more from us throughout the week please go follow our social media accounts we are all on twitter we have our comics collective pod what in the world i just had a stroke um our account is at cmx collective our uh tiktok account is at the comics collective or each of us are at our personals with at dallas underscore comics at Ann comics and at lexi lou underscore comics
2: If you enjoyed the show and want to show your support, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening and give us a five-star review. And if you leave a written review, we'll read it off on the show.
5: And finally, feel free to email us with your questions or comments or, frankly, your concerns for the show at at gmail.com And we will answer all the ones that, you know, talk about how sexy we are. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: Evan, do you want to take a second to plug anything of yours before we let the people know what we're covering next week?
1: Yes, I would love to plug first my Twitter, where I'm at Evan Reads Comics, where I talk about comics and movies and stuff. Uh, You can also follow my podcast that I do co-host with uh, Dallas. It's called What's Next Comic Book Podcast, where every month we go over the monthly solicitations of um, what uh, Marvel, DC, Boom, other comic book studios and uh, publishers are announcing. And we just talk about what we're excited about. Uh, you could also follow that at What's Next Comics on both Twitter and the TikTok, where I make TikToks like maybe once or twice a month. And uh, stay tuned because I might have a YouTube channel coming out. We'll see. Evan, Evan, I thought I was your co-host. I thought, yeah, but, but Dallas is here, so I oh, can... right, okay okay. okay, okay. Well, I recorded a well, whole fake episode with him, so I think he's still on the right. show.
5: That's so <laughs> that's so smart, and he's not going to hear a single word of
1: this. I know. If he I can't suppose. read our lips, he has no idea on the if uh, I can't I can't do Pig Latin. The only Pig Latin I know is say in the Ag Bay from Monsters Inc., which is looks in the back. <laughs> Wait, you really can't do?
4: It's you hard. Really okay, you have to no, think about no, it. We're all,
1: we're all smart geniuses, Dallas.
3: Heaven. 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 Go to I Utah literally school. have never been able to figure it out. I feel thank you.
1: you. They're like not take pepper. the word to the first letter and put it at the end, nope. and then add a. And I, I can't. It's too much. That. I have to, like, write it down, and then people are like, dude, I just said, look at the bag. I'm like, all right, give me a second.
3: <laughs> I Yo. I even struggled when we were reading Shiver for a good 45 minutes. <laughs> I had to restart.
2: <laughs> My friends and I didn't have other friends, and so we invented a whole pretend language that we were all, like, fluent in in middle school that had very complex, like, grammar rules, and it was crazy. Jesus
4: this doesn't surprise me handle. at all. <laughs> Boy. That
5: is that is the most Dallas fact that has ever yeah. been factored on the show. Yeah.
3: And then
1: our I know it was based is off of the Hebrew on.
5: language, where actually, <laughs> do you know? Shut up! <laughs> That's why we love you, just nerd of the podcast. We do not just read comics on the show; we also read each other. Thank you very
1: much. <laughs> please, please. Mic drop. All right,
5: Anne, you want to let us know,
2: let the people know what we're reading next week?
5: Okay, for all of you fans out there who've, you know, you've had your fill of some cape shit for a little while. You're done with the tights. We're going to read some lovely, beautiful, (sighs) romantic books next week. It's February after all. We might as well. We're going to read Always Never by Jordan LeFevre.
4: It's going to be
5: really, really fun and emotional and if you haven't read this book yet congratulations you now have your ultimatum you have a week and trust me you're not going to need that long you're going to breeze through this in one sitting it is one of the most beautiful comics i've ever read in my life and i hope that everyone here is going to love it just as much i'm pretty sure they do so we're going to get to talk about it
2: i'm excited to get around
1: to reading it i've heard a lot me of too. good things about oh, it for
5: the first time. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yo one of my friends actually he's so like personally invested in that story because it mm-hmm. reminds him of uh, how him and his wife actually met that he has like her i think her contact picture as like uh mm-hmm. one of the characters so I, you know, i'm really excited i hope you guys have like a similar experience with it I always never, it's a beautiful story
5: that's so sweet that's so beautiful
1: yeah. like that guy's that's i'm so
5: glad <laughs> i'm so glad that i discovered this comic all on my own the end
1: the end
5: the
4: end <laughs>
0: I'm not going to let you do this. <laughs>